Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Judson Burden. Judson is president of Asphalt Kingdom. It's the top website for asphalt maintenance resources, equipment, and supplies for the United States and Canada. He is passionate about helping people build their own businesses and achieve the life of their dreams. Welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Judson. Thank you so much for having me on, Tony. I'm excited to be here with you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Do you go by Judson's or or Judd? You can call me Judd. Yes, that's fine. Okay, great. Well, hello, Judd. Um, One of the things our listeners are most interested in is where our guests live and work. Would you mind sharing that with us? Absolutely. So I actually live and work from uh, from Anguilla, which is just north of St. Martin. It's about four miles north of St. Martin. It's a small Caribbean island, it's part of the British West Indies, British ruled. And it's 15 miles long by two miles wide. It's got about 45 beautiful world-class beaches and a population of about 14,000 people. And I've lived here for 21 years. Have you really? That's interesting. So you, that probably makes you almost like a native, right? I am. I actually have my belonger status. I have an Anguilla passport. Do you really? Fantastic. So you say it's British ruled. Is that right? It's Brit. It's British ruled and they've got their own government um, here that make, make decisions. And of course, when there's when there's a need for um, a bigger decision, let's just say like a huge storm that rolls through or, you know, needs some needs some assistance from the British government, then, of course, uh, they're able to get that when when needed in state of emergency. Yeah. So making an assumption here that your currency is the British pound. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, great assumption. No, it, we actually go by the U.S. dollar in Anguilla, and we also have the Eastern Caribbean, the EC dollar. Oh. For, every, for every dollar U.S., you get 2.68 EC dollars. It's interesting, man. When I first got down here, I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, from the cold north, so completely opposite down here in Anguilla, when, of course, I want to feel the cold, I stick my head in the freezer and I get the chills that uh, that I need <laughs> and, and, and then send photos back home to everybody. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> Actually, I really do. But yeah, I moved from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I, I sold I sold an asphalt maintenance company in Canada uh, to move down to the Caribbean. We used to seal coat driveways for a living. I see. I see. Well, that's a good segue into my next question. And Judd, I just like I wonder if you just share your story, your entrepreneurial story, and and but feel free to go all the way back to growing up and where you went to school and how you started your career and, and then bring us up to today and how you're, uh, what you're involved in today and how you got there. Yeah. So I'm 42 years old. And if I back up to when I, when I very first uh, started my kind of my entrepreneurial journey, uh, it was, it was such an incredible time for me to know that I'm, I was on this new journey, building my, my very own business, but it, 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 it took some, drive and some some experience in the field type experience to really realize what I really wanted to chase and, and hunt for in my life. 
And so I'll rewind back to when I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. I became an integration aide at Sunnydale Elementary School in the West Island of Montreal. And I was working as an integration aide with autistic children, integrating them into uh, grade five classes. Prior to that, for about a year, working working at the Gary Taylor Thibodeau. So that provided me with the certification to be able to do this. And so this... This year, this this year in at Sunnydale Elementary, working with autistic children was one that was very, very special to me because a lot of the other teachers and specialists uh, said that, you know, uh, this particular child that I was working with, Samer, um, said that he'd never be able to write, he'd never be able to read, he'd never be able to really know his phone number and and just to work the best that I could with him. And to me, that was not okay. There was a challenge that I, I was I was presented with. And I, you know, one thing that I, I, I love is adversity and challenge because you have the opportunity to overcome it. You know, you, you choose to kind of curl up in a fetal position before it and give up or you, you and move on to something different or you really face it and you confront it and you, you challenge it and you overcome it and become more strong from it. This was a challenge for me now that I wanted Samer to know how to dial his own phone number. I wanted him to be able to read, read whatever, whatever reading was, whether it was at a grade one level or a grade two level or a kindergarten level. I wanted Samer to be able to read a line and, and smile from a line, you know, and I worked a year with Samer and towards the seventh month of, of working with him as an integration aide, he knew how to dial his phone number and he knew how to find his way home because I used to drive him home from school a lot of the times. And he became kind of this younger brother to me. And he was he just excelled tremendously. And that that gave me a sense of one, being able to help somebody. And two is, um, you know, really facing your challenges and overcoming it and feeling like you've won. I won. I I, I overcame it. And I, I, you know, I was successful with that. Yeah. And and so that that summer, of course, the school was off. Well, Samuel Sadi happened to there was a plane flying overhead at, at home and he ended up banging his head because he used to want to bang his head when he heard heard loud noises and he put himself in a coma and passed away. Oh. And I got news about this and I said, man, I don't know that I want to go back to to doing this next year. It was like losing a younger brother and yeah. it was a it was emotional impact. Right. But I knew that I helped him and I knew, you know, it really impacted his life and his family's life because they saw it. And and that was a special moment of, of feeling a little bit of purpose, not just being in a hamster wheel and waking up and going to bed every day in this routine environment that we're so, so drawn back to average with in society that we're growing up in now. But instead, it helped me have some purpose about what it is that I wanted to do. I didn't apply that purpose so much later on in life, but I'll, I'll kind of bring you through this journey. So I'm looking at the Montreal Gazette, the local newspaper, looking for a job because I didn't want to be on unemployment insurance because it's summer off school. Well, it's summertime, right? School's not right. in and not getting a paycheck. And I'm like, I don't want to be on, on unemployment insurance. I want to go get a job. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but I picked up this newspaper ad and it said, door-to-door -door sales, grizzly super sealant selling driveway seal coating services to residential homeowners. What the heck? Make up to $500 a day. And I'm looking at this thing, you know, as an integration aid, I made like $238 after tax in Quebec, right? And, uh -huh. Canada. and now I'm looking at this $500 a day opportunity in this newspaper. And I'm like, man, I'm going to go check this out. And I call the phone number and this guy answers and his name is Elan. He says, hi, Elan with Grizzly. And I said, all right, well, listen, how do I apply for this job? I want to make $500 a day. Uh-huh. And he said, meet me at Buffalo Bill's Chicken Wings. So I, I boot over in that good old city bus, the public transportation. And, yeah. I, 
and I pull into Buffalo Bill's chicken wing and, and I'm sitting down and this guy pulls in with this brand new Dodge Stealth twin turbo, like the, back in the day when the Vipers are just out. Oh yeah. yeah. For a lot of the listeners right now, you may know the Dodge Stealth. The Dodge Stealth, he pulls in, gets out of his car with these blue jeans and brown cowboy boots and a shirt, buttoned up shirt. And he comes out all confident and he walks in and he says, I was the only person in there other than the staff at Buffalo Bills. He says, are you Judd? I said, yes, I'm Judd. And he goes, come with me. I'm like, in your car? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and off we go down to this street. He goes, I'm going to show you everything so that you become an extraordinary salesperson that will do extremely well. And let's, let's do this. Are you in? And I'm like, I'm in. Teach me everything. So we drive to the street and there's this truck you know, four wheels in the back, two wheels in the front, flat bed, and there's this black tank on the back and the hose that's running out. And they're parked in front of a driveway and they're steel coating this driveway. There's like painting this driveway from gray to black and they're steel coating okay. it from the elements, right? Okay. And it's, it's happening fast. I'm like, how long does it take them to do that? He said, well, about 20 minutes. I said, how much are you charging to do that? He goes, $200 and your commission's 20%. You'll make $40 for every driveway you sell. And he goes, we have guys that are selling 10, 12 of these driveways every day. I'm like, I want to get to work. Let's go, right? And so we knock on the very first door. And I remembered way back when, when I was in high school, I used to do the fundraisers like the Gary Taylor Thibodeau and the fundraisers for the school. Right. And I was always that guy that ended up with that ghetto blaster or the pair of rollerblades in front of the gym because I had raised the most money. <laughs> and I, I, re I remembered what it, what it was like at that time, walking up to the door to sell, uh -huh. and, and sell, selling is such such a, a, a word. Sell. Who wants to really be sold? Nobody wants to be sold. Yeah, no one. Everybody wants to be have their problems solved. Everybody wants to make sure that value is there, and everybody wants to make sure that you have empathy, and everybody wants to make sure that you're the salesperson is reassuring that they've made the right decision and supports them thereafter. Right, and so in my mind. At this young age, I'm kind of going through this of when I was raising the money for the fundraisers. And I'm like, I got to go solve this guy's problem. Yeah. He, doesn't want, he doesn't want to spend a Sunday seal coating his driveway. Right. He doesn't want to have his driveway looking like crap compared to all his neighbors. He doesn't want to have those cracks, having water get into them and then erode the foundation, causing potholes and depressions. So I'm going to help him by solving his problems, giving them value, close the deal. Very first door I knocked on, I closed the deal. And no I was I, so I was hooked from hooked from there on in into asphalt maintenance, selling 15, 20 jobs a day, making 500 to 800 dollars a day. Great, right out of the gate. First day, second day into the business. I know I'm, I'm spitting a lot out here, but this is the journey. Oh, this and, is cool. And so I, I end up after three months going, I want my own business. I don't want to be selling for somebody else making 20 percent. They're making 60% 60, 60 margins, 65% margins in this business. I want to make, I want to make more and I want to build something that's mine. I don't want to be, I don't want to be working for someone else. I want to be working, working, building something, building my own empire, you yeah. know? And how old are you at this point, Jeff? 19. 19 years old. Wow. 19. Now, now the thing that was interesting is that I was ready to do it. Like I was, I was like, you know what? I've made a decision that I no longer want to work for a company. I either want to be a partner of a company or I want to start my own thing. Yeah. 
So I sat down with Elan Artsy and his partner, his name was the same, Elan Garzon. Kind of sounds like a story, but Elan Artsy and Elan Garzon. And I sit down in their office in front of them and they're both in front of me. And I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm just going, guys, I'm growing your sales department like crazy. I've got Cliff and James who sit in the back of my new car. I've got a Z28 Camaro that I just bought. It's, they're sitting in my bucket seats and we're driving around canvassing areas, selling door-to-door -door asphalt units. And I'm, I'm loving this. I'm like really loving it, but I want more than just to be a sales manager. And I'm only three months into this, right? And I said, I want you to take me on as a 33.3% partner. I wanna be one third partner in your business. And they looked at me like I was nuts. like. You're 19 years old coming in. We teach you the ropes and now you want you want to come on as a partner. I said, yeah, I want more than what I have. I'm I'm eager to grow and eager to go. Like, I want to do this. Uh -huh. And they said no. And so right <laughs> walking out of the, it was the worst mistake they ever made for that business. Is that right? Yeah, because I walked out of the room and I said, Elon, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm resigning. And I literally walked out of the office, got into my Z28 Camaro, and I drove home and I didn't know where they bought their sealer because they kept that very confidential. So I didn't know where they bought the equipment and the supplies, but I knew how to sell the jobs and do the jobs. All right. So I went on the good old uh, hunt to the hardware store and found five gallon pails of sealer and a paint roller, sold my own jobs, did my own jobs, started to hire crews to do the work. I was doing the sales, continued to scale those five gallon pails up to pallets of five gallon pails that were being delivered. Two months later, find the source, the, the supplier out of Coburg, Ontario, found the tank manufacturer, started buying the stock from McAsphalt in bulk supply, grew the company to six trucks in two years, six trucks and one dump truck that was a C30 dump truck and an asphalt spreader, nailed the McDonald's franchise for all their pavement asset management in Montreal, Quebec. And we got Burger King and then we got Holiday Inn and then we had Chateau Vaudreuil, golf courses, private airports. And we grew a company that became the biggest pavement asset management company by the age of 22. And the biggest competitor that we had in the pavement industry, Paramount Paving, decided that they wanted to buy us. Oh, really? So, okay. So this this journey went full, full, full fledged into the into building my very own business, being entrenched in accounting, being entrenched in customer service, being entrenched in sales, and literally just being in this world of drinking from a fire hose, and then at 22 having an offer come in that I accept, and just being like, wow, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot for a 22 year old. Now what, right? Yeah. Now what? So my father was doing some banking down in Anguilla in the Caribbean, which is where I live now. And he said, Judd, what are you going to do? You're going to sit up here in the cold, the freezing cold and the slush, and you're going to pay 55% tax on going on anything that you start up again. And I'm just like, I want something different than that. He's like, well, why don't, why don't you like go visit Anguilla and, and go take some time, take a little, take a little getaway, a little mini temporary retirement, you know? Yeah. And so at 22, I had a few million bucks in my pocket and I'm on the way to Anguilla on an airplane with my newborn son and my wife at the time. And, and uh, we fly down to Anguilla, get down here. And I was like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I really didn't. I had a bunch of cash, but at 22, 3 million bucks doesn't go very far, especially if you're spending, especially if you're spending it as a 22 year old 
guy with no guidance or support or any financial any financial advice. Yeah, I can only imagine. I get down here and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just be a professional beach bum for a little bit. I'll learn how to kite surf and 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 learn how to do some water sports and just kind of hang out for a little bit. Then I ended up in a place after about five months where I was really bored. Oh, I wanted wow. to do something, but I'm. I'm now in the Caribbean, right? We've got a villa on the beach and I'm, I'm in the Caribbean. What am I going to do from a little island with 15,000 people, small, like I can't go do driveways here. I can't build another asphalt maintenance business here. Well, I'm going to learn the internet. I'm going to learn how to build an e-commerce storefront is what popped into my head. And so I read a book called MYSS, Make Your Site Sell 2002. 2002. It's 20 years ago. Yeah. I read that book 20 years ago, and it was written by an author by the name of Ken Evoy, E-V-O-Y. And he wrote this book that was literally teaching people how to build, manage, and market their own online business. But it was like a guide. It was like a book. Make your site sell. Wow. And I was, I'm not a programmer. I don't know HTML. I don't even barely know how to write an email. I mean, from our asphalt business, we had like work orders and boxes and, you know, and it was just, you know, it was, it was a different beast. And so I, I read Maker Sight Cell and at the end of it, I'm scratching my head going, there's a missing piece to this. There needs to be a program that allows you to build, manage and market your own online business and the tools, the templates, the search engine submission tools, the newsletters, all the different functionality. Right. So I reach out to Ken Evoy and he responds and he's building the site builder program. I registered www.asphaltkingdom.com and that was in 2002, just late 2002, and register this domain name because their system told me, build a business that you're passionate about, that you have a body of knowledge about. Don't just go build something because you feel like building it. Do right. it because you really, really have intensity around it. And I'm like, I don't know much other than ghetto blasters and, and, and you know, uh, rollerblades that I've won in front of you know, in front of the whole gym and then working with autistic children and, and now the paving stuff, the asphalt world. So I, I actually searched in their brainstorm tool about asphalt maintenance and the opportunity was gigantic. There was not, there was not a lot of competition, not a lot of websites out there because 20 years ago.com was pretty early. Yeah. And, and, and there was a lot of search around a lot of people wanting to learn how to fix cracks and, and seal coat driveways and paint lines on parking lots. Well, I built this website and I, I relentlessly went at it. I plugged in content. I pounded at it literally from morning till night, every single day, listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem, which is you've got one shot, one opportunity, don't let it go. And I was, I was intensely building this, this online business and it didn't really work out for about two years. And after two years of working on it, I was doing some side things on the side to make some money. But during those two years, and I had money in the bank, but during those two years, it was like, you're unsure of whether or not it's going to pay dividends. Yeah. But I had this, I had this feeling that if I relentlessly put out content that was optimized and I built a YouTube channel and I really continued to build content that I would, I would generate traffic, targeted traffic that I could then pre-sell and I could monetize. Right. And so two years later, I got reached out by the U S armed forces from Bishkek, Karakistan. And they asked me if I had any op- opportunities to bid on truckloads of rubber crack sealer for their runways overseas. 
And that was the turning point for my belief, right? I, 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 I believed, but I didn't really intensely believe that it was going to work. Wow. But, but when I had that kick, when I had that shot, it was like, wow, somebody's actually reaching out. So I closed the deal for $140,000 on my very first order of asphaltkingdom.com. And it was a brokered deal dealing with drop shippers who were manufacturing in the States and in Canada, and they drop ship directly to the client. I collect the money first, and then I pay our supplier. So that money is in our account sitting there. We have that capital to work with. 30 days later, we pay the supplier. The supplier touches the goods and, of course, ships the goods. Mm-hmm. I never I never saw the goods, never touched the goods, and I was able to make a nice, clean 25% on it. And so that was where it really, that's where it really, really fired off for me, yeah. was, was that that was the beginning that was the beginning of such an incredible growth story that now 20 years later, um, obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs through that process, but now growing at 50% year over year, we're a nice eight figure company now. And we continue to grow living in the Caribbean, bought a hotel, living in a living, living on the property right now, own a water sports company, a car dealership. And we've got, we've launched them previously during the whole ICO time. We were launching ICOs as well. So it's been, it's been a wild, wild journey, Tony. I know oh. I've spoken a lot, man. You must have questions. You know, uh, uh, I do have a couple of questions, but what, uh, there's a couple parts of your story that I just love. Um, and, and I think, you know, someone told me, this is a long time ago. Someone told me uh, this little axiom about entrepreneurship and, and that act, axiom is find a real solution to a real problem that some people have and they'll pound a path to your door every time i hear an entrepreneur tell their story i'm looking for that thread in their story i certainly heard it in your story i mean you 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 got it at 19 years old you saw a solution to a real problem what i love about your story judd is you didn't let go of that i mean you went this is this is a real thing and you didn't even let go of, you know, you had a couple of years of building your website, which has a solution to a very real problem, but no one's calling, <laughs> but you, you remain committed and you remain steadfast in it and you believed in it. And then it happened. You fulfilled that little axiom that I, that, that I just stated. It actually holds true in your story. And I find that it holds true in everybody's story. But I think the key is a real solution to a real problem. And then it just takes perseverance. And I love hearing stories about perseverance and yours is a great one. Can you tell me like, can, can you describe for our listeners that that, that two-year period where maybe doubt slips in and, and can do you have any stories from that? point yeah i I think that the the doubt and i appreciate i appreciate all your kind words man it's it's so awesome to actually be here speaking with your audience right now and hopefully the takeaways are going to be there's going to be some great takeaways and maybe you can reflect and gain some perspective on your own lives but like right now when i look back at those two years of of doubt i think the thing that really pulled me through was surrounding myself by a circle of people that really believe and having mentorship through that process, because that's huge. Let's, let's face it, you know, being alone is not easy. It, it can it can feel as though you're in the dark. It can feel as though you're in fog, and and it's not easy to find your own way um, all the time. You know, we're 
we're, we're creatures that are that are drawn back to that average of just being entertained by our phones and our, our television. And I, I didn't let that happen. I didn't I didn't get distracted by by the average of what's presented to us um, every day because I didn't want to I didn't want to be average. I want to leave I, I want to leave legacy. I don't. I don't want to be that person scrolling a, a Facebook feed, being distracted from what what, what I'm trying to do. Um, and so I think yes, tying into tying into the right circle and not being distracted from things that are useless to you that are just mush mush filler that that just creates kind of a toxic mind. Yeah. I think that's that's probably that that that's probably the biggest biggest piece of advice that I could give give you all right now is if you're surrounded by people that are draining your battery every single day and systems that are draining your battery every single day, I strongly recommend that you silence a lot of those and, and move towards direction of charge and guidance and, uh, and positivity. That is a great word, Judd. Um, tell us who was your inspiration in the, in the dark times? My mother has always been such an incredible human, like from the time I was raised, you know, going through a family of, of divorce and, and just, you know, she's always been mom and always supportive, no matter what it wouldn't, she wasn't the type to say, Hey, listen, go take Ritalin for your ADHD. Instead, it was telling the doctors because I have severe ADHD. And so she'll tell the doctors that I'm not going to, why, why would, why would I ever try to try to, you know, impact my son's superpower yeah. i'm not going to drug him to that's like that you know I, I i want him to be able to explore his power of adhd he loves it i love it i think it's extraordinary it's a different a different mind that you know may not be intricate in numbers but it's very very uh from a vision perspective and creativity and marketing and sales and influence and and those pieces to to explore that and to to excel it. And so she, my mom, my mom, 100%, my mother was my number one fan, number one supporter. And then just being surrounded by some great people like Ken Evoy, who wrote Maker Site Sell and the Site Builder program. He was a great mentor as well. And, you know, a couple other people as well, uh, Dave, and they're, they're just, just positive mindsets that were ambitious, driven, and looking for, for better than what they had, mm -hmm. not chopping people down or sucking them into a world of, of, of average and nothingness. Yeah. So that, that was the two years. I, I, I think the most exciting part of my journey uh, happened about four years when, when we lost our son. Yeah. We lost our son and then he passed away. Yeah, he passed away for 17 minutes and then came back to life. He was a, a miracle boy. His name's Theo. And we had him in St. Martin and we went to go mourn his death in another room. He came back to life 17 minutes later after I went to go find out what to do with the body. My wife and him flew to Bucaramanga, Colombia for two weeks to revive him. I flew the next day over to meet them in Bucaramanga, Colombia. And during the time between him dying and us mourning his death in a room, and then me going to find out what to do with the body. I stopped in a bathroom and I looked in the mirror in that bathroom and I looked straight into my pupils, into my as deep as I could look. And I prayed as hard. I'm not a very religious human being, but I became pretty quickly because I prayed that I would do anything, anything at all to bring this child back, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, the, the message was that you need to help as many people as you possibly can in this lifetime. You need to help as many people as you can. And that was the message I got back and I walked into the room and he was alive. So that's what I do today is 
we we don't we don't sell equipment and supplies at asphalt kingdom what we truly do at asphalt kingdom is we help people build their own business in the asphalt maintenance industry to allow them to work towards a future that allows them to be more free and own their very own business along with the support and the structure and teams and circles so that you don't feel like you're alone in a hamster wheel or in the dark and that's so it just happens to be the asphalt world that i'm able to reach tens of thousands of people and then to just even be here with you right now is again living my purpose right now and my our marketing director and uh, the person who set this meeting up with you right now knows the purpose and that's why i'm actually here it's not to sell asphalt equipment or to speak about finance but it's to say hey listen let's not be drawn back to average let's be powerful and remember why we're here living this life of just an incredible opportunity to be able to impact people's lives positively so that's why i'm here love it love it that's a reason to get out of bed in the morning yeah so theo tell me more yeah, Theo's five years old. There's, you know, there was a lot of question around whether or not he'd have uh, brain damage uh, due to lack of oxygen, but he is absolutely perfect. He doesn't even get sick. He actually came home from school for about 20 minutes because he had a bloody nose, but that's as, as far as, <laughs> as far as, as far as he got. But yeah, Theo is an incredible human. He does stand up paddleboarding and kayaking. And when I look, when I look into him, he's like this messenger that, that has shared such an incredible message. And you know, if you, you know, in our, in our industry, in the pavement industry, you'll kind of see our hashtag that's every, well, we have two hashtags. It's lighthouse and pay it forward. Those are our hashtags. And a lot of people are like, but you guys are in construction, man. Why? But now it's being hashtagged in Instagram by our clients. It's just, it's, that's where we got to pay it forward. The Our world, our world, our world is in an interesting place right now, you know? Yes, and, it is. And, and it's easy to get caught up with all the little shit. Excuse my language, but uh, <laughs> don't worry yeah. about it. That's great. But wow, what a great story. I, I love your words of transformation because that's, that's what I'm hearing when you, you say you want to make a difference. You want to help people realize their dreams, help people help others. And that's a transformative process. And I'm just wondering, Judd, what's the, you know, if someone out there listening is, would like to talk to you more about that. Uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Judson Burden, J-U-D-S-O-N Burden. On Facebook, I'm actually under Judd Burden, J-U-D-D Burden. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you search Judd Burden or Judson Burden on Google, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you'll you'll be able to come across my profile and of course our company name is Asphalt Kingdom. And so yeah, that you know, feel free to reach out if you're if you're in a place that that might not be the right place. Maybe I can shoot back a line or we can hop on a call and maybe get you into a better place, you know? And, um, and I, you know, I, I would just be a part of the perspective, but hopefully, hopefully I can, I can, Im, you know, impact your lives, you know, positively and, and really help you help you feel unstoppable. Cause it's a pretty cool feeling when you, when you feel that and it's not through it really, the unstoppable feeling is not through, the money in the bank account it's important but the unstoppable feeling is knowing that you're going to be loved and that when you leave this life there's going to be a lot of people celebrating the different memories that you've that you've helped them to to experience wow that's a that's a great place to conclude judd thank you so much for being with us today i really appreciate your time and i appreciate your vision 
and your intention and your intentionality in life. It's rare. I don't come across people uh, with that much intentionality that often. And it's so refreshing when I do. Thank you, Judd. And I'm going to close the podcast now and I'm going to do it in the same way we always do because I'm going to encourage our listeners, our strategists to keep strategizing just like Judd did when he was 19 years old and uh, saw, had a vision, had a way to help people and just got behind and put his shoulder into it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day.